Welcome to the Self-Care Society podcast with your hosts, Celia Williamson, Ashley Kucher, Louis Guardiola, and Carrie Shaw, a podcast devoted to those whose job it is to help others get or remain mentally, physically, and emotionally healthy, but who also need to take care of themselves. How we're going to do this? By first showing you the filtered, pretty version of success, and then the real struggles, real work, and raw grit it took to get there, how they took care of themselves and also achieved their goals while doing it. Together, we will work with you to improve and maintain your internal health and growth while helping you achieve your external goals and your next professional achievement in life. And we're excited to show you how to follow your own individual and unique path and achieve the dreams you have while taking good care of yourself. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to Self-Care Society. We're excited to have a special guest today, Amber Ireland. Um, Amber is a licensed social worker in Ohio, trainer, consultant, curriculum creator, self-care coach, soon-to-be Reiki practitioner, energy worker, and intuitive co-owner of Third Wheel Counseling, Consulting, I'm sorry. Um, Amber is the lover of all things holistic, crystals, plants, mediation, manifestation, and helping others see their own light. Um, Thanks for being here, Amber. We're really excited to have you and um, let's get to know you a little bit. All right. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about um, who you are and maybe the public perception of who Amber is, what the real Amber is, (laughs) (laughs) R-E-E-L? Sure. So like I said, um, like you said, I'm Amber Ireland. Um, I am a licensed social worker in the state of Ohio. Um, I would say kind of the the real perception of Amber is probably that I am um, kind of a go-getter and um, I get my way a lot. Uh, If I want something, I'll make it happen. Um, That I don't put up with a lot of shit. Um, A lot of people would say that about me. Um, And you know, just that, you know, things seem to kind of fall into place for me, even when um, I'm faced with adversity. Nice. So you're, people see you as really strong and um, that's what I'm told. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Rumor on the street, right? (laughs) Rumor on the street is I am very strong. (laughs) Um, And how about your accomplishments? Tell us a little bit about your practice and what you do and what your approach is to your work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I started off working with um, children in residential um, centers and then moved to working with children's services. Um, I worked in a group home there and then ran the group home and then um, provided independent living services at children's services. Um, And then I moved into working with young adults in the homeless system. And I really loved that and doing case management all the way up to, you know, being the the case management manager, I guess, the director of case management (laughs) um, in that system. And um, and then I moved over to doing um, work within the SUD field. So um, right now we are providing services to people in recovery, um, adults in recovery, um, stepped out of working with children in this, you know, in this stage. Um, But during that time, um, I met my business partner, Jill Beccaro, and we founded Third Wheel Consulting. 
And Third World Consulting first started off as just kind of a um, consulting business for social service providers, as well as um, training for social service providers, right? So we started recording some trainings and we started, um, you know, kind of getting out there to try to do some consulting work. And let me tell you, starting your own business is not uh, super easy. Um, but, and it was slow going, but, you know, we kept we kept picking away at it. And then we decided that we wanted to kind of branch into the self-care because we started to see as we were doing trainings for people and just, you know, working in the field, because Jill is also a licensed social worker, um, there just was such a lack of real self-care guidance, I guess. Um, You know, every training you went to was like, oh, take a bubble bath and, you know, and go to the spa and get your nails done and you'll feel better, right? Right. And, um, and that, you know, generally is not the case uh, for some people. Maybe that is that's all they need. But for most people, you know, it just is doesn't work that way. And so, you know, Jill and I um, and I'll talk about myself and not um, and not share all of the things that went on with Jill. But we both it seemed like, you know, things just kept coming up and coming up and coming up and, um, you know, moves and breakups and, you know, life just coming at us. And, you know, we're trying to put together this self-care thing and we're like, just put that on the back burner, put it on the back burner, you know, um, because it's like a metaphor, right? <laughs> right. And we, and we were like, you know, I, sir, we can't teach self-care. We're both a train wreck. Right. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're going through this and we're trying to, you know, manage these stresses and support each other. And, and through that, um, for me, that kind of, moved me forward on a more kind of this, this intuitive energy path that I've started to take here recently. Um, And now, you know, kind of it coming full circle into providing Reiki services to people. Um, And so, you know, as we're both going through this, we realized, okay, you need to launch the self-care training because like, you, you know, when is it going to be a good time? It's never going to be a good time. Like life will continue to come. Um, and so we did, and we, we did launch and, um, just, we've had such a wonderful response from people who have come to the initial training. And I love, love, love providing that training, um, because I get as much out of it every single time that I do it. I hope as everyone who's taking it is getting, because I just learned from other people and, you know, their situations and the things that they're doing to move through. And we really focus on, the individual and that individual path in that individual plan and not like here, let me prescribe some self-care to you and good luck. Um, It's very much about where are you right now on your journey and what do you need? And knowing that that's going to change over time because life continues to happen as we move through different stages of life. Um, And so, you know, love doing that. Also love doing my consulting work with, um, the social service agencies that we work with. And we do a whole host of things from recruiting employees to helping, you know, move through policies and procedures and standing up programs and things like that. Um, And then recently I started doing um, some self-care groups. Uh, So, you know, it's a small group of people. Um, I think the one I have running right now is about five people. We meet Uh, for 90 minutes. And we meet on a topic and we just kind of talk about, you know, 
what can we do to provide better self-care for ourselves on, you know, in these, in these spheres. So like, you know, the physical sphere and the spiritual sphere and all of those. And, um, that has, I, I see the growth in the groups and it's just, it's just a beautiful thing to watch. It's beautiful to watch people have those aha moments and really be like, oh, I didn't consider that this is really what was depleting me. And, you know, if I can just change this one thing, you know, it will really make an impact. And so I just, I just love that. That's so neat um, because within self-care society, which is the group that's organizing this podcast, we're also doing similar self-care groups um, and they're drop-in, but they're available to community health workers around the state of Ohio. And I mean, it sounds very similar. We're also seeing a lot of growth and a lot of um, just like cross-pollination in the group and mutual support and um, and people just really starting to look forward to the group as this protected time when they can focus on self-care rather than something they're trying to fit into their schedule. And I think, you know, that is, that is success. Like that is what we need to be doing, right? We need to just allow that time for self-care no matter what, um, that that is part of our work day or part of our routines. Um, that's really neat. Um, Fantastic. So it sounds like you're involved in some direct practice stuff and some training and more administrative work. So you're kind of a, um, a Jill and an Amber of all trades. <laughs> yes. yes. I do a lot of things. That's <laughs> for sure. Um, so do you have any struggles that you would like to mention, or can you talk a little bit about like who the real Amber is? Um, maybe the the part that people don't see as much. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, kind of what I talked about and what I hear from other people who know me and they're like, you know, oh, you're so, you know, you know what you want and you're really strong. And it seems like you just, you know, if something happens, you just kind of turn it around and, you know, and though, you know, me looking on the outside and saying like, well, yeah, I have done that and recognizing it and honoring that. I also know that like in my head, that is not what's happening at all. In my head, I am like, surely this is it. Surely this is the time that I fall all the way to the ground, right? And I can't pull myself back up. And, you know, and I think that a lot of people live in that space, right? Where on the outside, it looks like, like, here you are, and you're, you know, you're standing up here and you're doing what you need to do. But internally, like we hold all of that. Yeah. You know, and we 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 hide it because it's like, I don't want anybody to see that, right? There's a lot of shame and a lot of fear around being vulnerable to other people. Um, and so, you know, that's the thing that I'm working on, too, in my own self-care is like, how can I be strong and do the things I need to do, but also shine my light in a way that lets other people know, like, it's okay to be vulnerable and ask for help. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're all helpers and helpies at different yes. times in our lives. It's sometimes at the same time in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times in our lives. <laughs> so how is that working for you? How is that um, like process working for you? Or have you, do you have any insights as to how to how to balance those two sides of yourself? Um, well, I think it's working well for me. I do feel like I, you know, I make progress on that every day. And, um, and I, and, and I know that I'm making progress when I'm like, oh, I like when I communicate with other people in a way that's authentic, like I feel better, 
then yes. when I'd like, I'm going to, I'm just only going to give you about 70% and the other 30% I'm going to hide. Right. When that happens, then I feel kind of like, like I didn't tell the truth or I wasn't mm. as authentic as I could have been, or had I said everything that I needed to say, would things be going in a different direction for me? Yeah. You know what I mean, would I be going, would my path be moving along quicker if I was able to be more authentic? And so that's kind of my guidepost, right? Is my gut feeling of like, did I, you know, do I feel good about how I acted today? You know, how I acted, how I communicated today. So that's kind of my guidepost. But let me tell you, it took a long time to get there. It took a long time to get to a place where I could even recognize that I wasn't sharing everything um, Mm -hmm. or that it was okay that I was allowed to take up that space. Wow. That's that's so insightful to think about um, authenticity as um, kind of the driving force for not only your internal success, but also your external successes. It sounds right. like, like how you're interacting with the world and um, me. I, this I like the direction that this is going. Um, do you have um, so as we kind of think about. Um, who you are as, as the real Amber and the real Amber. Um, do you, do you know what's next? Like looking forward, you know, what do you envision for yourself? I think looking forward, um, as far as career wise, um, I would love to just be doing um, my consulting and my coaching and my Reiki um, and my, you know, intuitive work with people. Um, I would love for that to be my full-time job because that really is not that I do not love the, um, the, the, uh, the company that I work for now. Um, and I love that type of work. I do love um, case management. That's always where, you know, um, where my heart will be is, you know, kind of helping people who need that assistance. Um, but I just like, it lights me up to be able to connect with people on that very, um, on that energy level on, you know, helping them kind of get further along on their path. Um, and that's, so that's where I would like to be. Obviously I am, I'm probably about, I want to say maybe four weeks away from being a Reiki practitioner. Um, right now, my friends and family are um, are benefiting from my practice, uh, <laughs> but I will be able to offer it um, here probably within the next month, and I'm super excited to do that. Um, that has been just, uh, it, it has been life-changing for me, but also it's just been a joy to be able to channel that for other people. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, that's the direction that I will be moving. Oh, that's so exciting. That's mm-hmm. really great. Um, and then my final questions are about how do you take care of yourself? Like, what what does that look like for you? And I think you've kind of touched on some of it, but um, yeah. and what, yeah. Yeah, I, what I do, um, I, I think I, I look at my self-care and what I do on a daily basis. And then I look at people that, um, that I'm coaching and people that I know, and I'm like, my God, I do like, I feel like my whole day is self-care and I just love it and I want more. Um, so, you know, for me, it is, um, I get up every morning and I work out. Um, I don't, you know, that is self-care for me, but there have been times in my life where that hasn't been self-care for me. That's been obsessive. 
Um, and I've had to really look at that and make sure that like, you know, I know that, you know, you need to move your body and all of those things in order to be physically healthy. Um, but I don't want to count that as something that I do to fill me up if it's not really filling me up. So I like to try to find things that um, actually do fulfill that for me instead of becoming obsessive. Um, so I do that every morning. I meditate. Um, I run Reiki energy on myself in the mornings. Um, I journal. Um, I I read tarot and oracle cards, and I do that in the morning as well. Um, I like to do all of that right before the sun comes up, um, <laughs> which I know is not what uh, a lot of people like to do. A lot of people like to be sleeping. Um, <laughs> but that really centers me and grounds me for my day. Um, and I feel like I'm more productive and I'm happier and I'm able to be more um to kind of live more authentically and be in my joy um, during the day, if I can get that, if I can get that time to really center and ground in the morning. Um, and then throughout the day, um, I always I make sure I have enough food to eat. I make sure I have enough water to drink. Um, I take breaks when I need to. Um, you know, if I'm just not feeling it and I need to take a nap, um, you know, I'll clock out of work and and go take a nap. Um, and I have the flexibility to do that in my job. Um, and, but I also know myself and I know that I have, you know, over the years I have pushed really hard. I've pushed my body really hard. Um, and so I've done a lot of taxing on my adrenals. And so I know that if I do not take care of them and I do not rest and eat when I need to, um, I will, I will fall back into that place where I'm just under a lot of fatigue. So I, yes. I really have gotten to a place where I listen to my body you know, and if, if, if we need rest, we're going to rest. <laughs> I love that. I mean, yeah. what if everyone had that flexibility, um, or advocated for that flexibility, mm-hmm. um, to be able to really take care of themselves in that way? Um, because we don't, especially in the helping professions, we run, 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 we give, 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 and we are oftentimes just depleted by the end of the day. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, which kind of brings up a question I have for you because you have had a lot of experience in the social service realm, um, and case management. Like, do you see the conversation around self-care changing in that field, in those fields, um, as opposed to maybe when you first started out in social work? Absolutely. I do see there being a shift, um, not only in that field, but just in a lot of businesses as well. And with entrepreneurs, because I've, you know, been an entrepreneur now for a little while. And it, it used to be, you know, this very, this grind culture, right? So it's like, you know, go, go, go all the time, always be, you know, available to communicate on your phone, on social media, um, be available to your employer, work long hours. If you work more hours, then you're going to get, you know, the promotions and the bonuses and all of that. And I do see a shift. Um, and really, I think a lot of that shift happened around the time that we, um, when the pandemic started and we had to, we had to pull back because we couldn't, we couldn't do all the things that we were doing because we couldn't be face to face. So um, I think we were still working. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of places went to telehealth and we were still working. Um, but it did give a lot more time for like, you know, I can take five minutes in my house and go eat a piece of fruit. I can, you know, I can sit here on my couch and, you know, take a deep breath in a space that I, you know, enjoy opposed, you know, so we, we had that. 
And so now as I see people going back into the workforce and going back, not into the workforce, but back into buildings where they work, um, I do see a lot more focus, even just by the employees on, you know, I want a good work-life balance. Like I want to make sure that I can take care of myself even while I'm here. Um, and I, I know with my own employees, because, um, I, all, I, I supervise, um, some community health workers and, um, and I really, you know, I honor that with them. And, and I think that there is a, there is a way to balance that with productivity. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, a business needs to make money, right? Like you, you have, you have to have dollars in order to pay your people in order to serve people. Right. So, um, you know, that is, that is how it has to be. But I do think that, there's no, there's no reason to try to get somebody to work, you know, 60 hours a week for that. Um, I think you're more productive if you can work a normal amount of hours and take care of yourself than if you're stressing yourself out week after week. Agreed. And the quality of that work is going to be so much better. Mm -hmm. And the, in how you relate to your clients and what you can give to them and model for them, you know, if they see you ragged every single day, you know, what does that tell them that, you know, when you go to, when you work a full-time job, this is what happens. Like it doesn't look appealing, you know? Yes. And how, how does it make them feel to think they're just an additional stressor for you or an additional? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as we wrap up, I just wonder, um, do you have any parting advice or words of wisdom that you've really landed on for yourself and for others as you are an expert in the field of self-care? Um, yes. So, um, and we talk about this in our self-care training, but I think that, um, a lot of people have heard the analogy of the, um, oxygen mask on a plane, right. And the self-care, you know, you've got to take care of yourself before you can take care of somebody else. Right. So when the oxygen mask comes down, you got to put yours on before you can help somebody else. And though you do have to take care of yourself, um, before you take care of other people, when we think about the oxygen mask analogy, we realize that that oxygen mask only comes down because there's a crisis, Mm. right? And so if we wait until there's a crisis to take care of ourselves, we are, we are so far behind where we need to be. And so self-care really needs to be a daily practice and it needs to, and you need to be mindful about what you're doing um, and know that you're taking care of yourself and that you're full. So when those crises come and they will, because life, you know, life just continues to happen. You've already got a strong foundation there that you can build on and you're not starting you know, you're not like grabbing the oxygen mask. Like I, you know, I'm in crisis right now and I have nothing to stand on. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, that's how I like to think of self-care. I don't want to wait until, you know, that something terrible has happened to take care of myself. Like I want to take care of myself every day so that when things happen, I can handle them. Excellent. So being really proactive um, yep. instead of reactive. I mm-hmm. love that. Amber, thank you so much. This was a wonderful um, 
conversation. And I think you, you have so much to share that hopefully will help our listeners do a better job of caring for themselves or think differently about how they care for themselves, because we know that self-care is not selfish. It's um, caring for ourselves. So um, thanks for joining us on self-care society and um, listeners. We will see you next week. That concludes this week's episode. And remember it's not selfish. It's self-care.